when we are a biblically functioning New Testament church, we are in a constant state of revival that uh, we, we are, you know, you, you wake up every morning and there's that unction of, of God's spirit and there's life there. Welcome to the Gary Wilson podcast here with Joshua West. Thanks for joining us today. We just got back from a pastor's conference called Fire in Our Bones. If you've been watching our podcast, you know that the, uh, we've been sharing about getting ready to go to San Diego, California. And we were there last week and it was great. We had an amazing time. Joshua was one of our preachers, he preached about the gospel as as uh, expected and uh, the altar, that was really good. And uh, yeah, we had an amazing time. Tim Delina, Pastor Carter Conlin, Ron Brown from Teen Challenge was there. And uh, yeah, my, my I'd say my main takeaway, Joshua, would be there's a spiritual hunger in pastors' lives and Christian leaders. Uh, but for those of us listening today, uh, don't tune out if you think we're just going to be talking about pastors. We're going to be talking about the church, uh, the need for a spiritual awakening in our nation that will come through the church being um, revived, quickened, moved. A move of God would would bring the, the church to a place that the, the nation could be. Uh, touched and changed. So yeah. So what was your uh, what was your major? Uh, what did you get a sense from the conference, or what any major takeaway in your thoughts? Yeah, I think the the same thing. I think there's a lot of um, you know we were talking about this. Sometimes uh, it seems like pastors' conferences uh, are aimed at how tos or um, you know so more to more logistical things, or just like on pastors' burnout or you know things like yeah. that. But I really, I really feel like, as the word was preached and directed at pastors, you sense this hunger to be to be fed and to be come alongside and to be thrust forward, um, as you know we've both pastored as as any of us would. But it just seemed like having all of those those people together, they were excited to, um, you know, to maybe take some of that back to their church. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I sensed a hunger and a, just a, a desire. And and just to be clear, a desire for more of Jesus, like a desire to reacquaint intimacy with Christ, a desire to to realign and to, you know, to, re, you know, sometimes we use the word, we think of the word repent just in the context of like, the initial coming into the gospel and the initial coming into Christ. But repentance is sort of more of a, a, a posture, a lifestyle that we live as Christians as we live in repentance towards God. And um, and so there are these there are, but there are these moments where sometimes where we've grown stagnant or complacent or or taken our eyes off of Jesus and put them on our ministry or on ourselves where there is a moment of saying we need to we need to realign we need to get back to our first love we need to remember why we're doing this and i think it's healthy for all pastors and all preachers and all ministers but really all people in all contexts Mm -hmm. to have this posture towards god because we do live in a fallen world we are awaiting maranatha you know we are awaiting come lord jesus come Mm -hmm. powerful yeah you know, we, I think we had 600 or so, 650, 650 pastors gathered together, uh, Christian leaders, Teen Challenge directors. It happened to be the 60th anniversary of Southern California Teen Challenge as well. So it was a real great celebration. Um, but again, those listening today, you, you know, you're probably not thinking like, oh, tell me, spend the next hour telling me about your conference. <clears throat> but the, the reason we're bringing it up is, is not necessarily to speak about the conference, but to encourage people that God is wanting to do a move in this generation, that he's wanting to 
transition the church and touch people's hearts and bring life and revival to 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 our hearts and we saw that hunger there we saw uh, you know so I think it's just a good sign there's hope for the church today that that we're not just going to get stuck in uh, old traditions or nor are we going to be going for the latest fads and uh, the, the big hyped up entertainment church services that there's a there's a remnant there's a group of pastors and leaders who are following the heart of God and then the people are following that heart into saying we want a real touch of God we want the the, the authentic thing you know we don't care about the hype and the smoke and the lights and the mirrors we want we want God you know and we're seeing that inter- interesting season we're living in with with you know things that are happening on college campuses and uh, you know <clears throat> this 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 event that we were part of just I had had a sense I I had the sense uh, most of the other speakers were telling me like they've this was probably the best conference they've ever done. We we at World Challenge have done conferences for 25 years now. I would say this is the best one because just that something unique <clears throat> uh, in the atmosphere, so to so to speak, of what what God is doing. So we're we're seeing that that that, that hunger. Yeah. Definitely. I, I think one of the things, too, that really marked the conference before we move on from that was the word of God was preached boldly and clearly. Um, but there was also just this atmosphere of worship, like a worshipfulness, mm-hmm. almost sometimes like we, we weren't just in a hurry to get on to the next thing in the schedule. I mean, there was one point where we were just singing old church songs. Yeah. Um, it, you know, your wife uh, in 1121 had led us into worship several times uh, through the singing and, and, you know, praise and worship. We had Shane and Shane there. But at one point they, they stopped singing into the mics and we all just started worshiping God. They walked off the stage yeah. and we, we worshiped God for, what, 30 minutes? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, it was. So. And, and it's not, you know, trying to hype up. I feel like sometimes people like to hype things up to because they think that brings yeah. you know no it was just this attitude of we are joined here together yeah. to worship you god to to magnify christ and yeah i don't mean in some sort of um dramatic charismatic display but the spirit of god moves when christ is exalted mm-hmm. that's when Christ is exalted above all things, we are all here to worship Christ. And I feel like that to me, it was just so worshipful. Oh, yeah. And I, I enjoyed that part probably the most. Of course, I love to preach and speak, but <laughs> yeah, that too. was a, that was a part as a participant that I enjoyed the most. Just everything was worshipful. The The preaching was a time of worship. The The music was a time of worship. The, the prayer sessions were a time of worship. So, yeah, yeah. I think that's really what marked it. Yeah, and we just we just got back from conference a couple of days ago, and so we'll probably be putting up the sermons, uh, World Challenge, and also on YouTube. And then uh, I'd like uh, I'll talk to the team today. Let's see if we can get some of the music segments uh, and put those up too, so people can 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 join us in that uh, time of worship we have. But yeah, I, I like that you're commenting on that quiet time, just uh, sp- a spontaneous worship. Several people. Just led, and you know, like you said, old church. Are you? Are you? Did you know those songs? You're kind of young. You, yeah, some of them some definitely. Of them, okay. I, I, yeah. um, I mean, the ones you did. I'm oh, sorry. No, most of them I did. I mean, okay. just because you'd heard them yeah. for years. But there was a couple that I was like, I hadn't heard that one. But but it, you probably liked them though, right? Where they they were yeah, all really sweet. Uh, they're, sweet, you know. Christ honoring. Uh-huh. You know, gospel centric. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's so important that the songs we sing to God 
um, and about God have theological soundness to them. I mean, they stick with you. Music sticks with you. So we got to make sure we have good theology. And those songs were just just magnifying Christ. Yeah. Well, I think if there's a move of God happening in America today, and again, we're seeing some just some some maybe light signs of it, uh, little little flickers here and there, and things that are, as I said a moment ago, in college campuses and pastors being this hungry, uh, churches wanting this, and then just even even I would say a undercurrent across the whole scene in the United States of pastors really wanting to get back to the Word. Uh, we're hearing much more about expository teaching, uh, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, which I think is is a part of you know, uh, a move of God is that, you know, like Ezra, when he got up there, <clears throat> he read the word and the people responded in worship. And then a, a, then a pure worship that it's, that's, that is not a show. Uh, the, the, the hunger for Jesus, a return for, to righteousness, a removal of idols in our life, a removal of sin. And so, yeah, so, if, so there's an encouragement there. If, if pastors are ready for this, then, then the church, I know the church, the, the, the congregation is going to join in because they, they've been the, the church has been wanting this for a long time, but the pastors have been the ones running around trying to find gimmicks and schemes to grow their 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 church and their building get bigger and their budget larger. <clears throat> and the, the poor congregation that are saying, we just want Jesus. We yeah. just want a move of God. We just want to see our, our nation change. And so, the, you know, the people are ready for that. <clears throat> I shared a, a short testimony about a, a group of young people in uh, years ago when I was in Cuba. They, they were reading the book of Acts and they were, you know, you, you know <clears throat> in their late teen years. And they, they came up to the pastor and said, we want, we want the book of Acts. We want this, the, the Spirit of God to move. We want to see thousands saved like they did at Pentecost. And the pastor said, no, those things have passed. They don't even happen today. And they said, no, we're going to believe the Word, not you. And they stayed in the sanctuary for three days, praying and fasting. And, and finally, after the third day, just they just sensed the move of God on their own life. And the, the, the energy of the Lord, the, 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 the dunamis, the power touched them. And the pastor came in, happened to come in around that time and <clears throat> said, hey, you know, this stuff isn't, and by the time he's trying to get out of his mouth that it doesn't happen anymore, he got that sense of the baptism of the Spirit in his life, and it totally changed him, and his church was revolutionized. Matter of fact, it was a Methodist church, and he told me there's like 800 Methodist churches now that are filled with God's Spirit, on fire for God, moving in in the supernatural, believing, uh, you know, teaching the Word of God, seeing people saved and repent. Uh, So I say that to say we're not talking exclusively in this podcast today about pastors, Although we want to see pastors come into that kind of the glory of God like that, but it, it can be it can start in the pew. It can start with a few hungry hearts, and yeah, we want to encourage people today if they're if they they you know they don't have to go somewhere to get a revival. They can have a revival in their heart and in in their community and 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 in their church. Uh, you know, the God God is God is so ready to do this. It's not like we have to twist His arm beg and plead with him or fast for 40 days for him to move he's he's ready to move on a, on a people that are that are ready to <clears throat> but it, but I do believe it starts with that that hunger and that repentance that that cl- cl- clearing the stage of our heart and saying god you know we don't want anything to get in the way of that and that's that sometimes that's the hindrance the just the things that get in the way no doubt you know, you know. i think one thing <clears throat> that we uh, we think of revival movements or awakenings that have happened in the past. And while they're amazing, I think a lot of times we think about these things apart from ourselves. You know, we look at our spiritual declension in our country or, um, you know, sort of seeker sensitive, mm-hmm. you know, non-biblical stuff coming into the church. And so it's, you know, it's easy to say, man, 
it'd be I want our country to change, and I, I wish our church, the church, would change. My denomination is veering away from this, but I feel like you know it really starts, like you said, with with the altar of your own heart. Right. That idea that you know that you yourself. Um, are hungering and thirsting for righteousness that you yourself want that in your own life and I think by God's grace sometimes um, when when you really seek those things and uh, come together in a group and and it's happening with multiple people sometimes in God's grace you see this ripple effect that happens but I think a lot of people especially not that we're talking about this but I think a lot of people who are concerned, like, is this real revival happening at places? Mm-hmm. I think they look at the the abuses of things like hypercharismania, mm-hmm. the NAR, and all this sort of stuff, and they're so worried about that that while they may they want a move of God too, they're 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 really hard hearted towards it or hard fisted. Mm-hmm. Instead of looking around you and about you, um, mm-hmm. we need to be looking every time I'm in church. You know, and, and someone's preaching uh, as a minister. I'm not sitting there trying to think, oh, I would have used this quote or he came into <laughs> even no matter what level of preaching the preacher is, if it's great expositional preaching or something that's a little left to be desired. I'm trying to hear from God, from his word. And I think if we're applying God's word to our heart, we have a per- prayer life and we're hungering for those things. That's how it really starts, you know, and. And we do want to see that movement, that sweeping movement, but we can't manufacture those things. There's times where people prayed and waited for a long time, um, but the benefits of that personal revival are immediate. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that if <clears throat> if everyone had a personal revival, we wouldn't need to be crying out for revival. Right. Um, I, I've stated before. I, I don't. I want to get. I don't ever want to be revived again. I don't want to have a personal revival because I want to stay right. in a place of life abundant life of the fullness that god has for me not 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 ever get diminished to where i oh man i got so diminished and i'm in spiritual declension and <clears throat> lost the glory and my prayer life is 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 flickering i, I want to stay in that position where I, I don't need to repent and revive again i know that sounds terrible i don't need to repent but if 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 we no but i we, understand if, what you're yeah, saying if we walk in a you're, place of you're living in a place of repentance, repentance like yeah. john the baptist said bearing the fruit of repentance yeah. it's this posture towards god that's poor in spirit yeah. that acknowledges at every moment at every level i need you <laughs> yeah. yeah i need you for today i need you for every moment yeah uh, pastor jim symbolist told me that one time he said uh you know, he's really not looking for revival in his church. He's just looking for a continuous, healthy preaching of the word where people get saved, filled with God's spirit, living holy lives, bringing their friends to to, to, to Christ and seeing the, the kingdom grow and expand. Amen. I think he just, he defined revival. You know, right. he said he didn't want it, but you know, he's actually defining it. And I think that's that really is, you know, when the church functions as the Holy Spirit intends it to, when we are functioning as the biblically we're, when we are biblically functioning New Testament church, we are in a constant state of revival that uh, we, we are, the, you know, you, you wake up every morning and there's that unction of, of God's spirit and there's life there. Definitely. I'm just going to read a scripture. Um, in Isaiah 66, um, verses 1 and 2, it says, Thus says the Lord, Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What is the house that you would build for me? And what is the place of my rest? All these things have been made by my hand, 
And so all these things came to be, declares the Lord. But this is the one to whom I look, he who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. Mm. And I, I think that there's there's the sort of, I don't like to use the word pattern or ingredients, but realistically, this idea that the one that the Lord looks upon with favor, the one that the Lord blesses, the one that the Lord is mindful of is those who are um, humble in spirit and contrite. That person is in a posture of repentance. That person is in a po- posture of better said dependence on God. That person trembles at the word of God because it's a reality to them. The harsh things, the the promises, you know, there's sometimes you think about fearing the Lord or trembling at the Lord. And we just think of it from the the negative side, like, you know, the the wicked should tremble. Well, they should. But I also tremble and um, and am awed and in reverence of the fact that God was mindful of a of a sinner like me and that God reached down to where I was. And I think every person who is that's why the gospel is so important that we have Christ centered biblical preaching um, because that kind of preaching is constantly reminding us of the cross and our dependence on the cross and for those of us who are in christ it's it's a beautiful expression and encouragement and maybe for those who have veered a little bit it is a a call of conviction to come back but but fatherly conviction that says hey you've got off track get back in sync with me you know look at my word get in your prayer closet um you know one thing i'll say is this I think a lot of times people look at the study of God's word or spending time in your prayer closet. I've had a pastor one time tell me, you know, don't if you if you emphasize that all the time, you're going to make people feel condemned because maybe they don't do that as often as you. And I, I said, well, better said, I'm literally I'm not telling people to, that they're earning something. I'm telling people to spend time with God, yeah. <laughs> spend time with God, find out who he is sit in his presence and that was seen as almost like you were trying to preach legalism or something correct yeah that's and, that's 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 interesting that you say that because you know I, I picked that up a little bit like there's almost an apology now when we're giving the you know directives of scripture you know there's there, there there are things that are just words of blessing to us and then there are directives do this don't do this don't get drunk with me you know and if we say those things now we almost have to sort of apologize or say, well, I'm not trying to be legalistic here, but right. know, it's like, yes. And I sometimes will define the difference between the scripture, what scriptural mandates for holiness are and legalism. But one thing God has convicted me of, and I will, I will never do consciously. If I do it, it's accidentally. I will never apologize for proclaiming God's word, Amen. any part of it. And, and there is no, first of all, it, I don't need to apologize for God. That's what I would, uh, yeah. And the people who aren't living according to his word need to apologize to God. <laughs> That's a good, good word. Yeah, yeah. That, but the reason I think people are doing that is because they are so into, um, you know, uh, not, not necessarily a soft message, but, but making sure that it's under the banner of grace. And, and, but, but I don't see God's uh, instruction being outside of grace. It's not like... His mercy and His kindness and His salvation and His sanctification is His grace. But don't be drunk with wine. Study the Scripture to show yourself approved. Uh, you know, uh, separate from the world. I don't see those things as being law. <clears throat> law is doing those things to try to earn those things on the other side. And, right. And it's, uh, but but that it is a grace to be able to. To, to be instructed to pray more and to, to seek more and stuff. Yeah. But those those are things that, 
you know, th th those are actually things that accompany revival. And, you know, I've been around a long time and, and have seen, you know, back about 30 years ago when I was a younger pastor, uh, there, were a, there was a whole tribe, so to speak, of like revivalists or people that their whole ministry was going around saying, we need revival and here's what revival is and pray for revival and wait for revival. You know, and they spent 30 years and, and, some, and some of them never saw what they really wanted to see. And, and maybe what they wanted to see is, is actually could happen or it may not happen. Um, <clears throat> but I think what I'm more interested in is, is the day in and day out faithfulness. Uh, if enough Christians in America would do that, we would see what might be defined as revival. But just real briefly, I, I would say revival is not um, like we said earlier, that hyper charismatic, uh, you know, shouting, screaming, people falling over, stuff like that. That's, uh, you know, uh, the, nor is revival a place that people hear about something good happening and they all start getting on airplanes and cars and, and flying there and stuff like that. I, I think there, and then two, we're seeing now because of uh, some current situations, we're seeing you know, in a sense, to try to, we were talking about it before the podcast, to discern, with is this a move of God? Is this a revival or not? And and everybody seems to put them within their own cookie cutters. Well, it is a revival because it's exactly what I want. You know, I want a lot of worship and I want people just waiting on the Lord for days and days out. Or, But others would say, no, revival is repentance and or others are the word of God. They want, they want their methodology or their mode of spending the life with God to be the thing that is promoted in a revival or more uh, revive this thing. I like evangelism, revive that. That's a, I like prophecy. That's a revival. And, but if you, but, but I don't think we need to be, you know, such, you know, a, calling it like a cookie cutter type thing. Cause if you look at scripture, you, you, you see this, there's all kinds of different revivals. There's, there's acts two Holy spirit falling on them. That's, that's, that's an awakening. There's, there's, there, there's the word of God revival. You know, when jo Josiah, uh, the, the word of God is is hidden and missing, and they bring it out, and all of a sudden the word of God is brought back. There's, there's repentance revivals. There's, there's, uh, there, there, there's obedience revivals where certain idols were in the high places, and they went and took them down. That was that was an act of obedience, and that in itself was a revival. Uh, you know, Gideon, Gideon, that's, you could call that a revival too, of just uh, having courage and strength to obey God and f follow his commands. So I don't think we have to put revival in a, in, in a, um, a def definition that fits our desires. And God, God is bigger than that. He can do whatever he wants. But any one of those could be good. Spirit of God falling, word of God being revived, repentance coming, renewal, obedience, casting down the idols, uh, uh, you know, breaking strongholds, just seeing God move in various ways. Or what about combining all those together in one huge right. thing where all of that just happens and yeah, and, and it happens in and not in a place, but in a you know among a people that are you know nationally and internationally hungry and th hungering and thirsting for this this thing that God can do. Definitely, I think one thing you know just not to make a bunch of categories and try to make it academic, but you know, we have to, you know, when people say revival, we must acknowledge that, like you said, people mean different things. Some things being biblical, some things not so much. Um, but I think to uh, maybe going back to what Pastor Cymbala said to you, one of the things we have to acknowledge, if something needs to be revived, it means that there is some sort of decline mm -hmm. right. or declension or something. And so the hope is, you know, typically I think what revival looks like 
and I don't I'm not trying to make a, a hard and fast category, but oftentimes it's very noticeable in a situation where maybe you know, like in Israel where the people of God had turned away from God and they were living in idolatry or they're living in sin or they weren't following the precepts of the Lord. The prophet of the Lord proclaims the word of the Lord and then they return back. It's this dramatic thing. And so sometimes during the awakenings or or even like, you know, uh, the gospel going forth in places where it hasn't gone mm -hmm. forth before, um, we kind of categorize that the same way. But I would say for me, if if it's towards the church, any time that, that God's people can be revived or or the flame can be set, you know, uh, in their heart, encouraged through the word of God, through worshiping God, through prayer, that's a good thing. Anytime the gospel is preached and people respond to it through repentance and then a life that bears fruit, that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. And so there's times where I think because of the way social media and uh, the internet and instant information were so quick. You know, like I said this to you earlier, but like a reporter who's wants to get to the scene before anybody yeah. else so we can make our determination on what's going on instead of just, you know, I had heard a person that was, you know, basically just bashing some of the things going on um, around the country. And they may be right about some of the things they said, but but I told my wife, I said, but it almost seems like they don't want there to be a uh -huh. word of God. Yeah. You know, it's like it's, I, I would just I would caution people to be careful on both sides, you know, uh, be centered and anchored in God's word, be centered and anchored in a local church. Um, pray for God to renew our country. Pray for God to bring awakenings to the world. But like you said, we don't have to chase God around where, where God is where we are and he and he's willing to commune with us yeah. and uh i think that's the message we should preach one thing that that always concerns me about people driving places to go places my question is are these people planted in a local church and 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 obeying god's commands in that regard or if not at the end of this are they being encouraged to connect with a local church so they can be shepherded by a pastor and leaders and people who are mature in the faith um, that's for me if that's happening well praise God yeah. if that's not okay. happening I'm very cautious about that because I just feel like God's a God of order um, and that's just uh, let me read one more scripture yes, and I'll, I'll turn yeah. it back to you in Acts three, nineteen, right after what you were talking about you know in the early church and the day of Pentecost and the falling of the Holy Spirit it says repent therefore and turn back that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send Christ appointed for you, Jesus. You know, what's interesting is that is, there is always a, there is a reviving and coming to life in the preaching of the gospel. But this is it. Repent and turn to God. <laughs> and if you do that, times of refreshing will come from the Lord and, 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 and you'll be able to be in his presence. And so, on a, just in a very small way, that's what we were talking about. I mean, this is the beginning of the church, but I think this is a very important message to preach all the time. And I think there are times in my life, not as a person outside of the faith, but where I've gotten too busy doing the work of the Lord to be with the Lord. And I've gotten too busy, you know, or focused on something else or maybe caught up in something else where I have to repent 
I have to change my mind. I have to realign back with God. And, and always in those times, always, there's never been a time where I went, I realized that I'd kind of not, you know, not fallen to some besetting sin, but have taken my eyes off mm -hmm. Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith, that I have truly realigned with him, um, that times of refreshing didn't come as I repented be for, you know, doing the work of the Lord or living for God without God. <laughs> yeah. We tend to want the times of refreshing to come often without the repentance, you know, and, um, you know, we'll, we'll come to a conference or an event and just say, oh, I need refreshed. I'm burned out. I'm tired. I'm weary. I'm, uh, I've been falsely accused. I'm hurt. Somebody wounded me, you know, and we want this, this pat on the back from the Holy Spirit to lift us up. But, you know, oftentimes the wounds have caused us to be bitter and we need to forgive people and let go of things. And so that, that is key scripture. Well, we're going to wrap things up here, but I want to continue this next week. But um, uh, to, in the meantime, I just want to encourage you, uh, a new book, World Challenge, has just released called Fire in His Bones. It's 50 sermons by my father, David Wilkerson. It's available uh, on Amazon and other uh, Barnes & Noble. Uh, you can order it from us here at World Challenge. Uh, Joshua has several books. Uh, you can find those at World Challenge as well. Um, and uh, yeah, we would love for you to just, just continue to be encouraged. It's good to get this half hour, 45 minute podcast, but just get, get, in, get, get some, uh, you know, find some meat where you can dig in. And obviously the word of God is the central place for that, but uh, it's like, uh, the, you know, the, the, it's good to have some books outside, but, but just abide in, in this book here. Join us next week as we continue to talk about uh, an awakening of God in our nation and a spiritual move of God. We, we, we'd love to see that. And I think you're ready for that as well. Thanks. Each week, this podcast reaches thousands of listeners. This critical work is made possible by the generous contributions of individuals like you who believe in the mission of World Challenge. Thank you for listening and supporting. World Challenge, transforming lives through the message and mission of Jesus Christ. Visit us online at worldchallenge.org.